You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. I want to thank the Chicago White Sox personally today for making my life easier, Ed. How, how is that? How, what did they do to make your life easier, Chris? I have had one of the most complicated, ridiculous, off-the-wall, upside-down, smack-me-in-the-face and spin-my-head-around weeks that I have had in my entire life. This has got to be one of the top five weirdest, craziest Take up all of my time. Everything's falling apart, being built up, you know, stuff with family, stuff, just so much going on. Oh, I, thought, I thought you had like fantasy football drafts that were going sideways on you. <laughs> I wish it was just that. Well, that's what's funny, too, because like I have family members that know all of the things that have happened this week and they know that it's been kind of a struggle for me and they know all that. And yet they still want to talk about the rules for their keepers and how the draft uh, actually snakes around and like all the like people are like all right all right that's great and we're here for you and uh, can we please talk about fantasy football now for the next 10 minutes like that's those are conversations i've had this week oh, I, well. I know I've, I've actually avoided questions about using the injured list and <laughs> and picking up a player in, in, in the middle of the playoffs against your daughter in our fantasy baseball league that's right. still going on <laughs> all right so we'll talk about that later of course okay so so here's the thing I, it was a crazy week. First off, everybody's good, okay? But it was nuts, and I didn't pay very much attention to the White Sox. I didn't pay attention very much to anything. I, I was talking to my social media manager for the entire network, the Broadcast Basement On Demand Radio Network, and I was like, what happened this week? Thanks for taking over everything. Thanks for handling a couple of meetings. Like, we're going to be putting some of the content on this really cool app that is going to give us uh, access to some big names uh, for interviews and extra social media content, and oh, it's going to improve our storefront and everything else. And she took the meeting for me. Like, that's how complicated the week was for me. We've got a big announcement I'm expecting next week as well for the network that we're going to be talking about on this show, which I think Socks in the Basement listeners are going to be really excited about. And they're going to be like, that makes perfect sense. But all this stuff happened at the same time. So she was handling everything. And she was like, how are you doing with the shows? And I said, well, the White Sox did a big favor for me. And she's like, what? I said, first, we had a woman sneak a gun in under her fat rolls, which is which was that was what was initially reported as now being disputed. Well, no, but the dispute, if you look at the dispute, I saw that story. The person who got shot in the leg is disputing that happened. The person with the fat rolls, I thought, who got who got grazed in the stomach, I didn't see that they were disputing it. Maybe I missed that because again, I was well, away. I'm not. I'm honestly not sure who who was disputing what, but I just I just know that the story remains unsettled. Listen, I'm sticking with fat rolls. Otherwise, it was probably an off-duty cop or it was somebody who was a VIP. Those are my theories. I'm sticking with it. I, I, you know, I don't even want to get in the rest of it, but you know what? I want to thank them for the ridiculousness over there because it was easy to do the show earlier in the week. When I was dealing with stuff and then hiring Chris Getz makes this show easy. I was like, the White Sox have given me so much material in the ridiculousness that surrounds them that I can barely pay attention to them for the week. And I can still run a highly listened to podcast for fans by fans talking about the White Sox. I want to thank them for not being normal. 
because you've given me an opportunity to do 30 minutes and it will roll right out today and it'll all be brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton in the shadow of the ballpark. You heard the ad at the beginning of the show. Great place to pregame, postgame, bring the kids over ahead of time, get them a meal. The food is spectacular and the price is right. And they got a full bar with every option you could think of, including craft beers and, and so much more. Great friendly staff. When you're going out there, especially if you're burning tickets that you've already bought in advance when you thought this team was going to be good, <laughs> at least get yeah. the most out of your experience at 33rd and Princeton at Cork and Carey at the park. Well, well, so easy. I was just thinking about what you were saying. It was so easy that you didn't even have to watch the remarks made by Jerry and by Chris Getz because you could have you could have written them for them. And I think if if you took every Sox fan and told them, write Jerry Reinsdorf's remarks, write Chris Getz's remarks, I think you would have probably like a good like 97% hit rate on everybody kind of saying the same thing. Right, exactly. Like, I didn't see it. I read it later. I laughed out loud. My favorite thing about Reinsdorf, I'm telling you, my favorite thing about the Reinsdorf thing is when he sits up there and he tells everybody that right after he fires Han and Williams, he pulls out a list. He makes a list. And he lists all the different candidates that he would consider to be that singular voice within the White Sox. And then... He gets rid of the list because he decides he'd rather keep somebody inside the organization because it would take a whole year for the new person to evaluate who's good and who's bad. And Chris Getz already knows what's working and what isn't working here. So he's going to fix everything. And I, I couldn't stop laughing. I was like, how long did he actually have the list for? Because he fires Han and Williams. And I imagine him pulling a piece of paper out of that big oversized desk that he has. And then I imagine a pen with a feather. You know, like he's using one of those big giant fountain pens where he's got to dip it into. He's, he's got a quill and an inkwell. Yes, a quill. That's what it is. He's got a quill and an inkwell and he takes it out. He has some classical music playing in the background. He's writing like Thomas Jefferson used to send things to Adams and Adams would send things back right at the beginning of this nation. And he goes, he writes on the top of it, list of possible Sox voices or singular voice, whatever he writes on there, GM. Like, it looks like calligraphy. It's very fancy writing on this on this piece of paper. And it's not even regular paper. It's like parchment paper, right? It's like a little discolored, little yellow, you know, you know there, there's candlelight because I think he may be a vampire. That's my concern. And, and of course, he's going to use the wax to, right. to seal. He's going to seal it with the red wax when he's done. But he's got that there with the little seal of it. But I, I imagine him in candlelight with like a candelabra nearby because he may be a vampire. He may have this team much longer than all of us, including my children, are alive. He could be the first owner to have this team for 200 years because that's how it feels as a White Sox fan. So, so but he's sitting there and he's writing his list and he goes through the list and he puts down all of these very important names. Tony's on the list. You know he's on there. He put it right up there. My, yeah. my friend Tony bring back Hawk, right? That's written on there. Bring back Hawk. But here, here's how I figure the list. Here's why I figure the list goes. You know that scene early on in Major League when Charlie Donovan, <laughs> yeah, yeah, who had exactly, been the manager, exactly. is meeting with the owner? And he goes, this guy here is dead. And she goes, well, take him off the list. Right. I have a feeling that it was just that. Well, this guy's dead, Jerry. We'll take him off the list. Well, But this guy's dead, too. That's the thing. He didn't show it to anybody. I guarantee the list had uh, three no, dead no, names I, I think I, I think they just went down the list and somebody was looking like, nope, dead. We'll take him off the list. Also deceased, take him off the list. Well, Tony's here. Tony's in the room with us right now, so he can stay on the list. Uh, Chris Gatz, okay. 
and then uh, dead, 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 dying, and um, no, this person was never this. This is not a real person. I'm sorry. This this one. This is a up. character in an old western. That's not a real person. So yeah. I, anyway, so so anyway, so he gets to the end of the list and he looks at his list and he goes. Nah, and he just crumples it up and throws it into a yeah, waste well, that because too. because here's the thing: Bob Nightingale announced in the article that came out telling you that Han and Williams had been fired. He told you Chris Getz was getting the job. He had already talked to Jerry. So how long did he have the list for? Was it thirty seconds or three minutes? Because by the time he talks to Nightingale, there isn't even a list anymore, and Nightingale puts out the story. Telling you that Han and Williams are fired and in the same breath telling you that Chris Guest is the guy. List my rear end. There was a list. Well, maybe maybe a it was one of those things where he wrote Chris Getz, Christopher Getz. I don't know Getz's middle name, but whatever it is. <laughs> Getzy. Um, he, he probably had Getzy He wrote it phonetically. Yeah. He wrote it out as Jets just in case he's been saying it wrong all these years. So so anyway, so listen. Here's, here's and something Dave Moore for some reason. Here's something I want to do. I want to do this for sure. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to admit to ourselves, as all of us have, as White Sox fans did when the White Sox put out the Twitter post announcing Chris Getz. Did you see that? 1.6 million yes. views on Twitter as of midday on the 1st of September announcing that he was the new GM. There are twice as many people quote tweeting it to make fun of it. There are thousands of comments with people saying how terrible it is. And there are only 1,000 and 30 likes as of the time that we're recording. That's it. Out of 1.6 million White Sox fans. There's 1.3 thousand likes. Right. 1,599,000 of those White Sox fans did not like the hire, if you just go off of that. Okay. So I believe that I believe that translates to just under 1%, if I'm Thank doing you. the mental math correctly. Uh, okay? Definitely under 1%. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. What I want to do is I want to give Chris Getz advice today. That's what we're going to do, because I believe there is a possibility he could do a good job. But if he's just the same thing that we've been dealing with, this is an utter disaster, right? And in the end, all we're doing is understanding that a billionaire who readily admits that he doesn't play bridge, he doesn't golf, he has nothing to do. He decided this is what he wanted. He doesn't care what you think about it, right? He decided he doesn't care. He came up there and sat in front of a microphone and told you in so many words, I could care less. Spend your money with me. I know you will. You're nothing but sheep. That's what he said. That's what he said. That's what I heard. You're nothing but sheep. You're going to do what I tell you to do because I'm a billionaire and I'm smarter than all of you. And this is my toy. This is my hobby and this is my toy. I'm rich. I have the option of having a baseball team or going to a secret island somewhere in the Pacific where we hunt human beings for sport. That's how much money I make. That's what that's what he said to you. And I don't really care about what you want. And so all you have to cling to now as a White Sox fan is the hope that this old man who doesn't care about what you think, and this is his toy, that this old man was convinced by a young former baseball player with an eye for talent who thought that Kenny Williams and Rick Hahn were dysfunctional and stupid, and he's going to go in there and he's going to fix things, and we just got lucky. That's all the hope we have is lucky, and we're rolling the dice, my friend. Well, I have a thought, but I need a few seconds to talk myself into it. <laughs> I think we all do.
Exterior windows, doors, patio doors, storm doors. There is no other place you should go except to Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest. There are no high pressure sales. A lot of window places, door places show up in your house. They, they sit there with a dingy, disgusting, brought into everybody else's house window. You don't even know where that thing has been. They've put it in somebody else's bathroom and they've hung it over their toilet. Think about that. Somebody else's dirty bathroom. And then they've sat there and said, this is how this window would look in the bathroom. And then they brought it to your house and stuck it on the kitchen table. Why would you do that? Go to their showroom in Oak Forest. They've been there for 40 years, since 1985. They have full examples of everything. All the glass designs are there. You don't need to go through a magazine and figure it out. Look at it in person. There's an owner in the showroom. There'll be an owner on site. They have their own installers. They don't farm out the work. All major brands are custom made. No stock items. You get a perfect fit. They are a half block east of 159th and Ridgeland at 6280 159th Street, Window and Door Superstore of Oak Forest. See more at windowdooroakforest.com. Your thoughts, my friend. The whole Rick Hahn, Kenny Williams front office vibe, and we, we had talked about this and made fun of it, was this, this weird thing where they had to get a, a group of people together and come together and come together with one coherent idea. But you can't, anybody who's ever worked with in a group of people or just even had like your friends decide where you're going to go to dinner, it never works, right? You you ultimately need to have one person who just says, okay, we're going to go out and get Chinese food, or you need to have everybody just sit there and say, look, you know, Chris, what do you want to do? So I'm, I'm feeling like there is one ray of hope here, which is that if Jerry at least had, had the forethought to sit there and go, I've got too many cooks in the kitchen. There's too many voices here. None of them make any sense. And I, I'll keep on the kitchen thing. I've got a guy over here who wants to make pizza, but this guy wants Chinese food, but this guy wants to do Mexican stuff. You know, we're going to end up with some sort of carne asada with peanut sauce on a pizza that's not going to work. And that's how you end up, you know, with Zach Remillard. So just because his name sounds like food, I had nothing against Zach. But the, the whole thing might just come down to Jerry at least having the thought to sit there and go, okay, fine. You know what? I'm, I don't have a list. I was bluffing about that. I don't really want to go outside and, and hire somebody else. I'm just going to tell this guy to clean house and I'm just going to say it's yours and, and you do what you want. And I'm going to get rid of the other two guys that are, are really in his way by title and by seniority or whatever. And just say, this is the one guy that's going to have the lone voice. And Chris Getz might be smart enough and might be savvy enough to have at least some vision for what the White Sox are, and, and we'll just have to wait and find out what that is. But there is there is some little, I think, in there, some little ray shred of hope that if Chris Gatz walks in the door and doesn't make the same mistake and just says, I'm the guy, you answer to me, and oh yeah, I, 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 to do you, know, you scouts, I don't like what you're looking for. You're out. I'm going to get yes. scouts who want who are looking for what I want. Yes, and and minor league, you know, all the minor league system. I'm in charge now of the coaches. I'm in charge of the philosophy. Forget it. If he walks in and just absolutely alpha males himself and just pees on everything in Marx's territory, not literally, no, but if he literally, pees on everything in Marx's territory, no, 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 no. Walk over to Daryl Boston's locker and pee on his locker and then fire him. That's what I want. I that, would be, that would be lovely, but we already know Pedro's coming back next year. Here's what I always wanted from a general manager, and I've said this on other shows. I've said this on baseball shows that are not White Sox-related. Anytime anybody asks me, I want a general manager who is heartless. I want a general manager yes. that does not care if your family just bought a house 
and you've had you've had a baby, but you're hitting 220 and he's going to cover for you. I want the most heartless general manager whose only goal is to win. And I also want a general manager who understands who his owner is, who knows the budget. Chris Getz, my first piece of advice for you is to go into Jerry Reinsdorf's office, and I hope you've done this already, and said, Jerry, what's the budget next year? And when he says, we'll talk about it when you bring me players, say, no, no, no. I can only operate and do this job if I know what I'm spending. I will not come to you for anything more than what you give me, but it's mine to spend. That way, I can make decisions on who to pursue, and I can map out a plan. I can't come to you and be turned down or be told, well, that's not, that's too many years, or that's too much, whatever. Give me the parameters as to what you will work within, and I will run the team within it. Because that's what they do in Tampa Bay, right? Tampa Bay knows their money situation, and they work within the parameters. That's what they're doing right. in Pittsburgh right now. They know their money situation. They work within the parameters. That's well, what that's, Billy Bean has to that's do. That's Cleveland trading Aaron Savali and trading away, you know, talking about trading away Shane Bieber. They don't want to pay their pitchers. Right. They just want to recycle. He needs to do that. It doesn't work unless Chris Getz says, I need this to operate. And if the old man tells you no, Chris, let me tell you something, you're going to fail. You're going to fail. And you're just going to ruin your opportunity for another job as a GM down the line. I hope you established it already. You have to get an idea. And if he if he if he dances around it, you got to go in there every day and be so damn annoying that until he finally says, look, I'm really busy in here, caring only about the White Sox, but keeping around these losers that we had around here for 20 years. Like, isn't that funny? Like, it's his most important thing and the only thing he does, but he still kept these idiots around for all those years. I mean, that really speaks volumes about his headspace and his intelligent level. I mean, he's he's really good at at real estate, but I mean, like, nobody would put up with their fantasy football team being bad that long, and that isn't their only thing in the world like he was describing in the press conference. So, first of all, Chris Getz, you got to know that. Secondly, what you have to do, Chris, is you have to clean out the nepotism and the problems. If you really know what's going on inside the building, as Jerry says, it's time to get rid of Daryl Boston. And I'm not saying end of the year, launch him now, okay? He was he was always known to anyone who was around that organization as Kenny Williams's snitch. I was told that so many times over the years by different people who said that they understood it and they knew it. He was Kenny's roommate. He, he, he was the guy who's sitting in there spying on the coaches for Kenny. If Pedro did something that, that, that Daryl's like, oh, Kenny won't like this, I guarantee you he told Kenny about it. That's how it's always felt. There's a reason why he was in there. He had his roommate and his best friend permanently placed on every coaching staff and no coach was allowed to get rid of Daryl Boston. If you're really changing things, guys like Daryl have to go. All right. If you're really changing things, his former football player son shouldn't be in a high ranking spot running things with your minor league system. I'm sorry, Kenny Williams Jr., I don't care if you're the nicest guy in the world and you've picked up a ton about baseball over the years, Chris Getz will never have any credibility and he will have people still working for the other regime, calling up Kenny Williams and saying, hey, dad, what do you think about this? You have to scrape it all out. You have to get every last remnant of the problems out of that place. The only way you can be effective as a boss is to make sure that the last regime isn't influencing your troops when you take over. I've been a boss. You can't have people working against you. 
And so I'm telling you, most bosses, anybody that's worked in a company understands that if you've ever had employees and he needs to do that. If I start seeing him do that, I don't care if he keeps Pedro. It means he at least understands where the problem is. If he does nothing, he understands nothing. Okay, he's just going to be part of the problem. It's going to continue. Socks in the basement listeners do the hard work. And if you're a hardworking man or woman on the south side, you need to be outfitted properly. And that's why you should visit Red Wing Shoes in Evergreen Park, New Lenox, and Geneva. A work boot specialty store that carries sizes from 6 to 16 and feet as wide as 4E. A 115-year-old company that came out of Red Wing, Minnesota. And one of its largest stores in the entire Midwest is in Evergreen Park, Illinois, ever since 1976. When you're on your feet, the footwear is everything. So why not get an expert fitting? They warranty, repair, and offer free conditioning with laces. And they also carry Carhartt work clothing as well. Located at 3347 West 95th Street in Evergreen Park, Illinois, at 208 East Maple Street on Route 30 in New Lenox, or at 1749 South Randall Road in Geneva. Visit them today. You work hard. You've earned it. Red Wing Shoes. Do you have advice for Chris Getz? I know I got into a rant. I'm, I'm kind of I'm, I'm fired uh, you, up you this did. week. You know, I said it at the beginning of the show. I, I Seriously, if I woke up with my head stapled to the floor tomorrow, I wouldn't be surprised the way the week has gone. So you have the floor, my friend. What do you want Chris Getz to do? How does he prove to you as a fan that it's worth spending money at 35th and Shields? Well, I, I, so far, just to recap where we are, I told him to pee on everything, and you told him to get a budget. So I think you're winning the the you're winning the, the role here. And I think both of us kind of universally are sitting there saying, "Make this your own, right? Come in, come in and make this Chris Getz's team, and, and just get rid of even if you like the guys you worked with, get rid of some of them that you know are. You're right. Get rid of the the Kenny buddies. Get rid of the Rick buddies, and and just make this your team, like you were coming in from the outside. And, and going to another franchise. My my other thing is, you know, I would very early on, if I'm Chris Getz, adopt a policy where you are going to talk to White Sox fans like we understand things, okay? Be transparent with what you're trying to accomplish because if you say, I want to build from the ground up, I want to be a team that's kind of like Tampa Bay or kind of like one of the smaller market teams where we do go from draft picks and international signings and we look for minor league talent and we try and focus on development and that's where I'm putting the the, the boss's money for right now and I'm not going to be so worried about getting free agents and I'm not going to be trading for high-priced players if you tell us that and then you start following through on it we will be patient White Sox fans will have some patience if we see that there's something going forward and going on that has a coherence to it where we got upset with Rick Hahn was we're going to have sustained success. We're going to rebuild. We're going to build up the minor league system, and then we're going to just be able to churn this out year after year. And he went after the obvious fantasy baseball prospects. He went after the top guys. It became a very top-heavy system. It shot up to the top of the rankings, but then as soon as everybody graduated in the majors, the cupboard was bare, and everybody was pointing at Chris Katz, frankly, as why aren't you developing guys? But to the extent that that's on Rick or that's on Kenny – you know, prove it to us. Now, if you're going to come in and sit there and say, look, I've got a budget and I'm going to try and build the team as best I can around the budget, which means uh, it's not going to be superstars at every position, but we understand that as long as you are upfront with fans and you don't make the mistake of your boss who 
like you said, like we said at the outset, Jerry talks to us like he, he doesn't care what we think. But as, as the general manager, as the face of the team, as the voice of the team, if you are transparent with fans, we will absolutely give you a leash and try and watch and see what you do and whether or not you follow through. Because that's that's really, you know, I can't speak to too many other fan bases, but I can tell you that I feel like that's the thing that pisses Sox fans off the most. Bad seasons happen. Good players have rough goes of it. Injuries happen. You make a mistake on a draft pick. You miss on a guy. These things are, that's baseball. And 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 I think Sox fans get it. That's baseball. That, not every free agent you sign is going to live up to his contract. Not every prospect is going to be a superstar. Even if they were the top prospect in baseball when you traded for him. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Just to name somebody or, you know, just because somebody was the top pitcher in somebody else's organization doesn't necessarily mean that they could do anything other than give up home runs by way of example. That, that's a guy that he has to he has to make a decision on. And it'll be interesting to see what he does, because he can really blame that on on Rick. Well, and, and, and that's the other thing, too, is 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 it part of the transparency is sitting there saying, look, we missed on Michael Kopech. OK. We missed on Yohan Moncada to a certain degree. He's not lived up to what we think he is. So we're going to try and move on and do something different. And 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 being, again, being transparent and just sitting there saying, like, not look, don't tell us a guy is really good or that he's got something left in the tank or that he's got some other gear that he could get to when you know damn well it ain't happening. Right. Right? Just be upfront about it. Sit there and say something like, you know, again, we'll pick on Michael Kopech. Just sit there and say, Michael Kopech just it does not seem to be taking that the next step that we need him to take. He's, he's a closer. We've got to fill out a rotation, he's, so we're going to do something listen, about it. Listen, let that. me tell you something. He's he's a closer or he's a high leverage two inning pitcher that you could put anywhere and he would have Very an amazing career. So. He's what he's why Dennis Eckersley did better as a closer. He's why Mariano Rivera did better as a closer because I believe he came up first as a starter, but I might be wrong well, about and, that. And, and, and look at look around the league at a lot of and, and we're now we're getting into just baseball talk, which is great, but but look around the league at a lot of closers. Yeah. There's very few that came up as a closer, right? A lot of them are failed starters. Yeah, Josh Hader was going to be him. Like that that's basically it. Like he was going to be he was a high prospect that was supposed to be a starter and the Brewers at least were able to recognize that he wasn't and then he become now he's over at the Padres if I'm not mistaken, but I mean like there's plenty of guys who make an awful lot of money who become stars and names that I can rattle off right now off the top of my head and become remembered. Because they were in that role. And I know you want to be a starter, but you haven't shown that you can be. And I think the best thing for his career and the best thing for the organization is that you say, okay, we're going to go about this a different way. There is a value to you. It's just not what you want to be because it hasn't worked out yet. And I, I think that the transparency, let's stay on that for a moment. I don't care what they're telling you, Chris Getz, up in that in that office at 35th and Shields. But the people that deal with the media out there don't understand what the media is anymore. Radio's dead or dying. Nobody watches broadcast television anymore. Nobody. Everybody's streaming everything right now. And podcasts have blown up. They're everywhere. You have so many independent media outlets covering your team. This actually may be one of the most highly covered teams when it comes to independent outlets all the other teams in Major League Baseball, I guarantee you they're in the top five. And I think they're cracking under the pressure, if you've noticed a few right. things. Here. And so here, so here's, a, oh, well, they their corporate podcast now swears on the show and tries to act like they're hip because they're getting destroyed, okay? Even, you know, that now all of a sudden they want to be your buddy. They weren't your buddy a couple years ago when they were poo-pooing the entire thing and making fun of people on Twitter, but now they want to be your buddy. Some people have started to realize that, Chris, 
you turned us down a couple of years ago. I think you should come on the show. We'll be fair. We've always been fair. You sit down we here have been and fair you, with everybody that's ever been on the show. Right. You come on the show and you talk about it. We'll talk. Come down to the bar. We'll have a beer. We'll do it over at Cork and Carry. Go talk to Future Sox about your prospects. Right. There's another one. Doesn't need to just be us. Go to Future Sox and talk about your prospects. Don't hide and only talk to handpicked members of the press. Connect with your fans. Aaron Boone was sitting on independent podcast and doing shows as the manager of the New York Yankees. You think you're bigger than the Yankees that you don't need to talk to these people? It, you know, you, it's time to, to fix the relationship between fan and, and team. And what would fix that relationship and give us an opportunity to give you not only a chance, but to actually understand what you're doing is to come out of the tower and talk with people. Okay. Again, there has never been a person that's come on the show that has been treated unfairly. In fact, most people that come on any one of the shows that are on this network will sit there at the end and say, man, I thought that was going to be something else. And in the end, you were really kind. I, I talk to local mayors around the city of Chicago and, and high ranking politicians on different shows. Okay. Ed and I have a lot of experience doing this. You have all kinds of people that have the experience, the ability to have a professional interview with you. And it would be fun. And it would be a great way to connect with your fan base and to explain to us what you want to do. All right. And you know what? If you're a young guy who's got ideas and you're trying to convince us that we need to follow you, this is a great way to do it. Hell, go to Twitter, get a blue check mark and start messing around with the 108 online. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, start in, get a picture on your Twitter feed where it's just you giving a thumbs up, you know, like what, like buddy, like, like buddy Jesus in that movie by Kevin Smith or something like that. Right. right exactly. Like with yeah, the one like, eye closed. He's yeah. like, ah, like, like make fun of it. Have fun with the fans. Interact. Look at how they reacted to the Berger family interacting with them. And then look at how much it hurt them when Jake Berger was moved. It didn't matter about the prospect that you were bringing in. It really affected the fan base. You know, there is a disconnect with the fans because what we do is we hide what the truth is and you think we don't see the truth. Because you're still marketing to the 10% of baseball fans that really don't know anything about baseball. There's a group out there that knows nothing about baseball. And they just wear their jerseys and they go there and they remind you of like what Cub fans have reminded White Sox fans for years. That's all they market to. They don't market to the baseball fan and teams that market to the baseball fan and make themselves available and have these conversations, not only connect with the fans, but trust me, you think I'm saying something wrong and you tell me, Chris, you said this the other day and you're dead wrong. That's fine. I'm going to love it because you know what? Educate me, Chris. Educate yeah. me on what's going on inside of your building, okay? I would love to know exactly what's happening here, and I don't see why it's so secretive. Because being secretive hasn't won you any titles, but it's it's really turned off your fan base. And that's a reason why your announcement, which should be one of the greatest days of your life, is marred by the fact that 99.9% .9 of fans online have basically said this is the worst hire ever. And, and, and you might say that doesn't matter to me, but deep down, you know, it does. So you have an opportunity here. Make some changes. Show us the things that you say you're going to do, which says nobody is safe. We're going to make changes. This thing's going to run differently. And I know what the problem is. Show us. Show us and be open about it. And, and we would all appreciate that. Don't speak like a lawyer when you get out there. Don't sit there with an angry face with your sunglasses on like Kenny used to do in the golf cart. Come out and talk to people. We would love to see. That's my last piece of advice. OK, as we I, my last piece of advice is, hey, I don't care if it's not us, although we would have a lot of fun. 
We would. Belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar, Chris Getz. All right? Sit down and let's talk actual baseball. Right? We'll do it live. Gorka Carrianta Park is just a short walk from your office. I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if their their fear is it like, you know, like, I, well, he's going to give an answer and I'm going to edit it differently because it's a podcast. I'll do it live. I'll do it live and on video so we'll everybody do it live. can see it. I'll do it live and on video so everybody can see it. So then if you want to make fun of me on my own show because you think something I'm saying is wrong, you got your best opportunity to do it. All right? Come on in with a bang. But I think what we'll have is we'll have a really intelligent, normal conversation. I would hope that. Right. Well, and here's why, Chris, because you and I are representative of White Sox fans. We are. Well, I mean, I've never carried a gun inside the ballpark wrapped in my belly. Not but that, 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 (laughs) those White Sox. Well, not those White Sox. No, we are capable of having an intelligent baseball conversation. And the only thing I've ever smuggled in under my fat rolls is more fat rolls. Right. So there you go. (laughs) I think you need to jog more. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Socks in the basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.